the deep dive. How are you, me old mate Mick, as we venture into round 14? Yeah, good trend. How are you going? It's nice to uh, see this yellow thing in the sky here in Melbourne. It's, uh, it's been a long time coming amidst all the doom and gloom that we've been using. <laughs> well, at least from your front yard now, you can go outside and all the backyard, at least on your property or even your balcony or whatever, and have a bit of a look at the old... Uh, Old mate, son. It's been pretty, pretty grim. Uh, yeah. So, welcome to the deep dive. We are still in lockdown. Um, in theory, it's meant to end in a few weeks, but I reckon it's going to continue probably to the end of September, start of October. Uh, but we are still in lockdown, hence um, recording still over Zoom. I was actually thinking, I don't actually know whether we're going to get back to the studio at this rate. Like, only four weeks and it's finals. So, I reckon we might have to do like a Maybe we'll be there for the season, maybe there for the grand final preview, but I reckon season reviews um, later in the year it ends, but probably best case scenario at this rate. Um, so we work with uh, Beyond the Game, as our listeners know, and uh, we wish uh, Old Mate Ed the best, but he's on the other side of town, so we will literally can't leave and, and go there now. But um, yeah, we were hoping to try and get there before the end of the year, but that's looking that's looking more and more unlikely given there's not much of the season left. Um yeah, which sucks because it'd be good to see the old fella and uh, get in the studio and he can bang his head on the table while we're recording. And, you know, I miss I miss all of our, you know, we should do like a, a montage of our happy times with Ed recording. Um, so, no, we, we wish him all the best. Um, so we're going to go through round 14. If you're watching this, you get to see the, um, the preview as well and then we'll put up the preview uh, momentarily, I'm just putting them up pretty much in terms of the audio. I'm basically doing it straight away because the football's constant now. Uh, massive thanks to our sponsors at Hopster Home. Hopster Home's a craft beer delivery service. Uh, please check them out, hopsterhome.com.au. You can use the promo code AFL Deep Dive to get $25 off your first pack. Um, really great way to try new beers. And at the moment, obviously, if you're in Victoria, great way to try a beer without um, for fear of being arrested because you'll get beer to the door. No arrest. No, no fines, nothing. You, you're fine. <laughs> Contactless. Um, You'll be fine. You're not sweating bullets driving to, you know, a, a bottle shop that's 5.1 k's from your house where you might get shot by the police. So. Exactly. And and just all the energy and effort trying to pick. Yeah. It's all done. Or, yeah, all the pressure is off. Just got to give them, give them some card details or... Cash in an envelope. No cash. Just leave it. Old school. Just leave a um, envelope with cash at the front door. I don't think they take cash. Old <laughs> Old yeah. school COD, literally cash on delivery. Imagine if they did that. That would be so weird. No, I don't think the business is that loose. Um, now, they've got impacts of 10 or 20, so you're quite right. Yeah. You do get to um, get a really nice selection of pails, uh, various other ales, um, stouts, porters. And, yeah, it's from all across Australia, so a really interesting yeah. collection of fresh craft beer that's just been brewed as well. So the, they are super fresh. Um, they gather them as they're brewed, get them shipped to them in their uh, warehouse in Melbourne and then pack them out and, and send them out. So no corona, uh, even though it's coming to Melbourne, no. Definitely. There's no, never any coronas in there at all. That's true. No, both no no rona in every respect. That would be kind of funny if they did pack a corona in the box. <laughs> it's like an XPA from Hunter Valley, uh, a stout from Brisbane, uh, a double IPA from Adelaide, and then a corona. We try to protect you from the corona, but it got in. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully they're. I'm sure they're pa- packing them responsibly. Um, so yeah, let's let's get into round fourteen. Yeah, before we offend any of our listeners. Yeah. Um. In, in what was 
So this, I don't know about this round. So we tipped, uh, I think we did eight and seven. Uh, I think I ended up getting eight. I went for St Kilda, who absolutely should have won that game. But anyway, Hawthorne, uh, Essen in the end, game of two halves, quite literally. Um, Hawthorne, so just for people that didn't see this game, at half time, Essen and fans had their memberships probably already microwaving. So they, they were rushing to get them out and burning their hands uh, halfway through the third quarter because they had them in. So half time, 7 10 Hawthorne to 2 4. Essendon. That's it for the half. And then it ends, the final score is 10-11 to 13-9. So a very strange game. Essendon just didn't turn up in the first half at all. They were absolutely horrifically bad. And Hawthorne were good, but they were playing witches' ads. And then, wow, after half-time, the game completely changed. And we'll get into this in a minute. But what, what did you think of this game? I mean, obviously, just as a side note before we get into this, this was during the. If you're not in Melbourne, this was during the the blackout. Even if you're not in Australia, you, you missed hearing that half of Victoria has sort of lost power for 24 hours. Some people still don't have it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as a as a um, as a Hawthorne supporter, that was frustrated that they they weren't uh, ten goals in front. Um, yeah, the power outage came perfect because probably wouldn't have a monitor here in front of me to, to do this had I watched the second half live. Well, the power out, honestly, like jokes aside, it did quite literally coincide with the turn of events. Because I, like, power went out and then my modem wasn't working. It Like, I was lucky. So you, you had a totally different story, which we'll get into. But for me, power went out and then I had to reset the modem. It wasn't working. I had to, like, the computer shafted my iMac. I had to, like, turn it all back on. Everything was all being cooked when I turned it back on again. I had to reset everything. and long story. But then you had no power till the following day. So you were in a much worse scenario. And I was watching it when I finally got the power back up and going like halfway through the third quarter and Essendon were nearly back and I was like, oh no, luckily you're not able to watch this. No, it was, and then the disappointing was seeing you, so I was playing catch up for the rest of the weekend. Yeah. As we'll talk about the other games, I missed the game that was following this and then the reception was pretty bad. So I missed some of the other games that were on KO and uh, not free to air. So anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I'll look... I'm not. I mean, I was never surprised at the end result. Um, I, I think we both picked the yeah, we took Essendon. Yeah. Game. Um, but disappointed. I mean, any it could have been any team. Any team that's up by six goals. I think there was two teams this round that were up by six goals, and ultimately got uh, overrun by the opposition. It just goes to show that you've got it, regardless of quarters, um, how long they go for, and all that type of stuff. You're not switched on for at least 90% of the game, uh, any team can beat the opposition um, for lack of concentration, lack of effort uh, and all that type of stuff. So I looked at some good signs for, for a young Hawthorne outfit, uh, and, but there's better signs for the Essendon team. Like literally having a forward that can mark, get up the ground and kick goals or kick a score, all of a sudden <laughs> they can... They can Literally, uh, sort of the, the top eight out now. And look, he looked, Joe Danaher in particular looked good right from the outset. First quarter, he's he's one of his uh, field goal, uh, field kicks, went about 60 metres from one, I think it was just outside the, the square um, on their defensive halfback flank. And all of a sudden, he, well, he's a big left kick, and they're on the attacking side, on the opposite 
forward flank for them. So, yeah, he, he's huge for them. Yeah, I mean, like, that's a huge talking point of the game. It's hard not to talk about it. But, yeah, oh, he was huge. Um, obviously presented really well. It's the one thing that is – well, not one thing, they're missing other things. But that's a major thing they've been missing. And they got it back, and now all of a sudden it, the questions are raised, like, they got to try and keep him. What's going on? Does he try and go for the trade again? It'll be fascinating to see what happens now. Um, but, like, just going back for a second – Obviously, we'll get into Essendon, but with Hawthorne, like, if you did miss bits of this game, which I'm sure plenty of people in Melbourne did, given the situation, Hawthorne wasted so many chances that would have made this comeback much harder. Like, there was... I know the scoreline was 7-10, so that goes without saying, but there were there were more out on the full. There was a few just yeah. cha- inside 50 chances that were blown by really poor entries. Um, yeah, I mean, Patton went down as well, which didn't help. I get that. Um, Patton's kind of always down though, so I don't know whether, it, to be fair, I'm not sure how much of a difference that. Yeah, yeah, he went down very. He went down pretty early in the game, yeah. so no, they did. They they squandered their opportunities. They they really should have been almost ten goals up at halftime. That's how how dominant they were in the first half. It's the weirdest game in that Hawthorne's run fell away, and Essendon's run eventually came in. Like it is so strange to see a game where a team plays that poorly for a half, and then all of a sudden goes, oh, hang on. And it's the body language of them after half time, them coming out on the ground, the footage of them in the rooms, they look like different players. And I was like, did they not know? It was an earlier start. I'm like, did they not know like the game was starting? Like it was so strange. It was like, how do you come in that poorly prepared and play that average? They're very lucky to win it in the end. It was only really that Hawthorne, I think, had wasted. They left probably three to four goals at least, if not five, on the table was lucky that this 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 was you know not a it could have easily been 14 goals five or six or something like that at half time yeah. and then all of a sudden you come out at half time and you're like we we can't win this yeah, and that just inflates the opposition heavily if you yeah nine ten goals in front but six goals with a half to go most teams know that they chip away at it and get their defensive structures right that they're in with a chance. But when it's 60 points, that becomes a pretty big mountain to climb. So yeah. just a <coughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's it's, a, it's an interesting one. Um, I think you both, you and I both said that Essen's midfield was going to be the difference. And while Joe Danaher did um, look extremely good and kicked 3-3, it was literally against boys. There was no. He's yeah. not kicking three three against um, Frawley and Stratton. Um, not to take away from what he did, he did what he did um, against the opposition. But that's not happening. It was McGrath, Merritt, and the like in that midfield that really got on top. And for me, McGrath is starting to show signs of being um, like a <coughs> like a, a Cotton Richmond. He, he's so important to the. the Structure and yeah. flow of the rest of the midfield. He's so clean. He 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 picks up the ball off the deck better than anyone, um, like Cochin does, and and just knows his football smarts are great. He might not always have the cleanest disposal under no. pressure, but yeah. just kicks it or handballs it into an open space that gives at least teammates the opportunity to uh, take advantage of a, an open ball. So no, he's he's great and. I'd be I'd be disappointed if he's not all Australian this year. I think he's been a, a shining light along with uh, is it young Ridley in the back line. Mm. Uh, fascinating. <clears throat> yeah, I actually wrote that down in my notes as well. I was like, 
I know Dennehy did well, and I don't want to take away from it. But at the same time, he wasn't exactly playing against. Um, wasn't an elite defence. No, um, and I, I still figure he well. He was caught out, and I had a lot of people. I saw a lot of people say how well um, Big Boy uh, McAvoy did, but I don't know. He's not a defender. I, I, I what 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 does Hawthorne do with this ruck situation? I mean, I I just don't, I personally don't think he's a defender. I. I, I he can play the role. I don't think he's great at the role. I don't know. I, what do you think? Does he? Is that? Is this a solution? I know he's older. Is this a solution for Hawthorne? Um, yeah, bit of both. So I think he's a good defensive mechanism against those really old, like Jack Darling, for example. He he mans up well against someone like Jack Darling because Jack Darling's not overly fast. He's not super agile like Josh Kennedy now. Josh Kennedy is going to destroy uh, McAvoy. Um, again, Joe Dennehy is not the type of uh, forward that you want McAvoy manning up against. So I think there's a place for it, but at the same time, you've got to have a place secular then if you're going to um, put McAvoy in defence. And it's interesting, and we'll obviously uh, talk about the Hawthorne team for this upcoming round in the uh, the preview, it's very interesting the changes that have been made. But uh, that's for the other episode that we'll record later on. Yeah, so I think work, not as a permanent <coughs> fixture. I, I just he, he's such a good ruckman. He, he he does more to bring the mids yeah. in uh, than Seckler does at the moment. Um, so I'd rather see him in the ruck, and I'd rather see I'd rather see Seckler as a, a tall forward option if he's going to play both of them. The other thing to remind everyone as well is, like, obviously now as we get deeper into the season, we wouldn't normally be saying this at round, what are we now, 14, but um, just for fans of teams of, you know, ones that are not going to make finals, we will talk about the team in, in a lot further depth. So every year we do the season reviews. Right now, we have to keep moving. I was thinking about this last week. I realised afterwards we probably should have mentioned it, but we tend to, as the season goes, once you're out of contention, we just don't spend as much time on that team. We do, but we do it later after the season's finished because there's really not like we can keep going into issues with Hawthorne, but we can do that. We're gonna otherwise we then repeat ourselves completely at the end of the year. So we we will do it, but in terms of games like this, you know that's why you know we tend to steer it towards because I I I, look I'd rather talk about more about Richmond Eagles, um, the Geelong Dogs game, stuff like that. That's and to be fair, that's just the reality. Hawthorne have had their due. Like whoever's contending that's just how it goes it's obviously not favoritism but the other thing too is just going back into to to, uh, Essendon as well like this is another thing like so the the kick to handball ratio was awful in the first half like it's just crazy to see like tactically you know energy positioning game like almost everything was bad like it was just so crazy to see it change so much um but I'm like you I had to watch this game I, I missed so much of the second half that I ended up just watching the entire second half after I watched it, well, most of it after I watched Richmond Eagles, and then a little bit first thing in the morning as well, because I was just like I was, I saw it worked for two minutes, and and then it was cooked again, and then I watched a bit of it on my phone, and I was like, this is ridiculous, like with yeah. the with the four um, G, and then I was like, this is just not worth it. I'm trying to watch it properly, but yeah, for those for those who didn't, it's literally the type of game where you could watch one half and not see this other half for days, and it wouldn't matter because there was no continuity between halftime and the start of the second half. It yeah. was literally two different teams came out to play and it, played 
it's a very short game of football. And in a time when there was no social media, like it would be, or, you know, obviously with iPhones and able to see what's going on in terms of the scores and stuff, with the blackout here, I was thinking, I was like, if this happened in the early 90s, you would have assumed that Hawthorne won by, you know, 15 goals, 12, 13 yeah. goals. Like it was, that was that far away where you were like, there's no way they're going to come back. So, yeah, look, they completely changed their game plan. Um, and they went back to the Essendon that we know, and then with Danaher as well. They were just so damaging. Um, a lot more, like, not only did they get that, there was so much more kicking, then they went, they got the handball ratio back down, but also better direction as well. I noticed in the second half, in when I sat down to watch it properly, like, so they were really stifled early in the first half. A lot of it was pressure, for sure, but... Um, they were setting up their, the exits out of their zones a lot better. Um, so in the first half, it'd be like out to the side, defender coming from either side, whereas this, which would be much easier to close out, whereas this time they were just simply working the angles a lot better. Um, yeah, look, a bizarre, bizarre game. I don't like the blackout. It was like with the storm and the blackout, it was very like surreal. I know uh, for the others watching, it must seem weird for us to describe it like this, but it was like an absinthe game. It was very strange. Um, very. it didn't, didn't feel, didn't feel real. It was very, very odd. But, um, yeah. yeah, in the first half, like Essendon just simply couldn't get the ball forward. And then the second half, they couldn't stop getting it forward. So very weird. Um, I reckon that's enough to go into with that game. We'll talk, I mean, Essendon, like, you know, where are they now on the ladder? Like Essendon, uh, 11th, but they're a chance, but I think it's going to be tough. Um, and obviously Hawthorne can't make it from here. So I reckon we're going to have to keep moving. And then the next game... Yeah. Um, great. I think the game of the round, definitely, or one of the certainly one of the games of the last few weeks. Um, Richmond West Coast, yeah, eighty-eight to sixty-one. So Richmond by twenty-seven points. Um, as much as it ended up getting a bit of a, a bigger margin, it was actually quite a uh, even game through a lot of it as well. Um, it did feel like Richmond had control, but you know, five-two, four-two at halftime. Uh, then they pulled away a fair bit in the third, but then it, it tightened up to some degree. But great game, really, really impressed. What did you think of this game now that you've seen it um, with the power back? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely one. I mean, finally, the two teams over the last few weeks that have arguably been in the best games that yeah. have come out of the round have either been Richmond and Geelong. And we can see why they're starting to build. <coughs> and obviously, West Coast have been in emphatic form over in WA. Just skill wise, it was just it was just so much easier on the eye to watch. Um, Nat Nui looks fantastic. The West Coast midfield looked really good, although Richmond were equally as good at being able to nullify Nat Nui's influence and, and pick off. It was just two high quality teams yeah. playing very good football. I think uh, Richmond are deservedly um, premiership favourites now, being able to. This ability to travel uh, into different places and, and, and play really good football, and on top of that, have such quality still to come back into the side. That I think that's the main part. Uh, and those players that you've mentioned, and other people have mentioned uh, throughout the year that haven't looked very good. Um, Rioli, in particular, is starting to show signs that they're, they're up and about. So timing, timing, they run perfectly. West Coast, they're. they're is it the MCG who do all over again up at the Gabba? They, 
they should have won. They had the opportunity to win, to win this game, and, yeah. and the pressure. The more losses, the more <clears> pressure builds. Um, the fact that they tried to throw seven hundred thousand dollars at North Melbourne to get an extra home game uh, says a lot about their mental fragility um, and not being able to sell up a top four spot unless they play another home game. That, that's my that that concerns me more than anything else that I saw over the weekend in the football game. Yeah, it's interesting. You raise a lot of good points. Um, I, I guess to address a couple of them, the Richmond one, yeah, look, I mean, Richmond obviously looked great and we'll get into that. But I still, like someone like Rioli, just go back to what you were saying, I, he was better, but at the same time, right now, I think there's still a mark on him in terms of, um, look, Presti is still a while away. So he got over the issues that he, well, he was getting over the surgery, but then now he had the infection. So he's he was on an IV, IV drip as well. So I think there's he, he'll be lucky to get back this year. I reckon now. I reckon it's going to start to get quite tough. Um, but either way, there are there are there's more quality to come back. Um, so yeah, I still worry a bit about him. But look, the the biggest biggest difference, and I don't know whether West Coast had a massive chance to. Well, they had chances to win the game, no no doubt about it. But they they what they did have a real chance with that they blew a bit was a chance to make it a lot tighter, like the poor game, which then, with the home crowd, bit more momentum, bit better execution late, and then they snuck it by a couple of goals. That, that I think, w- w- was definitely... Because that's what you've got to do with Richmond. You've got to play them to the last minute. But uh, you're right. Yeah. Richmond's ability to... Because uh, uh, Richmond is so good in red time as well, but Richmond's ability to adapt to the hub now is, is amazing. And I think if they win the flag, uh, and this is getting much further ahead, but... If they do win the flag, it really does. I wonder whether this is a. I I I really do think this must be some inspiration um, internally, and it would be fascinating to know if this was the case. But one of the knocks on Richmond, and I don't I don't agree with this. It is what it is. What are they supposed to do? But one of the knocks, I guess, from some fans is that you know they won the flags at the G. They played so many games in a row at the MCG. Blah 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 blah. Which obviously preps them for finals. I'm sorry that Richmond is geographically where it is, and and the other thing too, it's not really their fault. And the other thing too is they're a huge club with again they got a hundred thousand members when you can't even go to a game. Um, I think the reality is I'm not sure what the AFL is supposed to do. It's a massive juggernaut, and they can't, it's hard. Same with Collingwood. Like Collingwood in their in um, 2010 played a stack of games leading up to the grand final. When you've got a juggernaut like that, and you can make three four million dollars a week. It's pretty hard to turn that kind of money down, but I wonder whether there's been some inspiration internally within Richmond around if we win this one, it really disperses a lot of the, oh, it's because they get so many home games, it's because the finals are played at Victoria, blah, blah, blah. It does It puts a bit of a lid on those type of people, which there are a lot of those people. Yeah, and I, don't, I actually don't, I don't get it because that noise was never around for Hawthorne's 3P. Obviously, Geelong are never going to get that type of noise because they play home games down there in the finals yeah. uh, at the OCT, but nobody ever said anything about Hawthorne having the advantage because finals were at the MCG and they played the home games, what, because we played two or three in Tasmania? Like, I think they that's... Still played, they still played eight games at the MCG of home games, plus Geelong was always at the MCG, Richmond, yeah, like... Yeah. Collingwood, all these big... They're not playing 10 or 12 games at the MCG. So I, I, I'm like, you yeah, I... I'd like to see Richmond win it to just literally shut the lid on those people who come up with excuses. How about they're a bloody good football team and they did what they had to do a few years ago and clear out all the trash 
to make it a super super team, which it no, is today. I get that, 100%. You're right. Like, I, I'm not saying I believe in it. I did hear it a little bit with, with Hawthorne, but I think the difference with that is, and you hit the nail on the head, I think it's because you guys were playing seven, maybe eight games, whereas I think in that Collingwood period, in that Richmond period, and this would happen if Carlton all of a sudden became really good as well. But one of those kind of clubs that where the G's the home ground and one of the big old Vic clubs, similar to Essendon, if they could get up and going, you know what I mean? I know Essendon's technically at, at Marvel, but, you know, if they if, if Essendon were really good and up and about, they'd switch them to the G, I reckon, that that would be a possibility. Anyway, the point is that, we, yeah, it, it's because they were playing 10, 11, 12 you know, we're getting. I'm getting sidetracked, but those it's because they're playing a stack of games. But either way, I, I just wonder that. It's it's very interesting. Just back over this before we keep going on the game, but it is quite interesting around because we haven't really talked about this, but it is quite over the last month really. Um, whoever the PR, whoever's giving the Cochins PR advice is like the craziest person. I tweeted out this week. Like it seems absolutely like crazy. Again, another article in the Herald Sun about like you know the offence that she. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not condoning online abuse, obviously, but like the another article about the whole spa situation. Like, just let it go, please. Like, we don't need to keep on and on and on again. That brings it back to the public forum again. Like, who is advising these people? Like, just forget it. Forget it, everyone. Please. Like, and again, like that weird Vlosten thing in the song where like he was going like this with his arm. And like they said after, in, during the song, after this game, and they said, oh, uh, after, because there were people like, what was that? And a second or so after he does it, Jack Rewalt like pulls him back and puts his arm around him. And he was also involved in the slap of the ass with um, Ch- Chol. But anyway, I'm not having a go at Vlosten, but it was, it's just strange. And then like they said afterwards, they were like, oh, so Richmond commented afterwards and said, oh, he was being a waiter. And he was just pouring wine into the arm. And I quote tweeted it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that old joke. I've done that so many times. That famous old joke. Like, it's there's, it, it, there is some, like, publicly there are some very strange things going on that, like, week after week, something very odd happens. But, yeah, they're still winning all the games, pretty much. And they seem to be dealing with the Hub in Queensland really well. So it's, it's very, very, like, there's this strange dynamic where publicly they keep making mistakes. I wish Neil Baum was up there to slap some people and be like, I, I don't. I still don't understand why he's not there. I, I find it ridiculous. It seems absurd that he's not up there. Like he's such a key figure in, in the club. But anyway, I, I, I would like him to be there for some maturity at times to take Dimmer aside and be like, you don't need to attack David Schwartz this week. Like just, just calm down. Like some that, because that again was stupid. It was unnecessary. So yeah, I know he's defending his player, but he didn't need to like, you know, call for David Schwartz's family to be buried. Like, I think that was... He he went way overboard. So, I think, not that he literally said that, but I'm being hyperbolic for people. But, yeah, yeah. Just so it's really clear that that's not actually what he said. He did not say that. No, no but I'm, I'm obviously... I'm exaggerating because he went way overboard. But, anyway, the point is that it's fascinating at the moment and that there's... You know, you don't... You know, it's funny. It reminds me... Not, I know this is a bit ridiculous because everyone talks about the last dance, last dance. But it actually does remind me, ironically, I thought about this, of the last Bulls championship where there was all this psycho stuff going off court and yet they still were able to win the flag. Oh, the, well, the flag, the ring or championship, whatever. The point is it's, it's very weird. It's very strange what's going on. How they win a flag? 
good. And they could, they, they absolutely could win it. And I think I just I wonder whether that's the extra carrot. But anyway, the, the biggest difference with Richmond at the moment, just getting back to the game, the overlap run is back, and I'm, I'm sure you saw this too. The overlap run is back to that elite level, and it looks like I'm not at the ground, but I was lucky enough. Um, last year leading up to the 2019 Grand Final, I went to two games in a row. I saw Richmond-Brisbane and then Richmond-West Coast back to all the other way around. Either way, two very good games, and Richmond won them both at the G. Uh, both tight games, but both very good games. And it looks like, from not being able to see the entire ground, it looks like that that overlap run is back. Um, and it looks like their zones are faster, far more proficient and organised. And I don't know where, like, obviously they haven't been able to train. Maybe that must have affected the structure. Obviously, I'm sure it did early on, not being able to train in bigger groups. But that's clearly affected things as well. But they look they look polished and sharp. They look like they did at the back end of 19. So, yeah, obviously very, very, um, very, very exciting. Um, and the two injuries as well, Grimes and Kennedy, um, now that kind of handed each other out yeah. as well. Sorry. Yeah. I just saying they're big outs for both teams. They are ongoing for sure, which we can get into. But in terms of the this during the game. Oh, yeah, for the game. Yeah, I agree. They know it kind of, Yeah, it kind of. So um, Kennedy concussion and Grimes hamstring. Um, yeah. But, yeah, look, um, I mean, I've got a few other things. But what, what, what anything else out of this game that you really took away either Richmond or West Coast that was interesting that you want to talk about? Nothing interesting. I think we saw exactly what we kind of expect from both sides. Obviously, Dustin Martin loves big games and he rises to the next play. He's got another gear every time. We saw that on the display. Um, both midfields uh, had periods of dominance, I guess. The one thing is, is yeah, because of those injuries to Grimes and Kennedy, you missed that sort of key... Um, matchup that you like seeing in a big game like this is the big forward against a really uh, nullifying defender, uh, such as Grimes and, and Kennedy. So Liam Ryan uh, was was electrifying. Uh, I thought that was really good to see in the absence of Kennedy as well. So uh, look, just two teams that know what it takes to to play final uh, finals football and anything. As I said, right from the get-go, the only concerning thing now is is for West Coast to try and get this win up in the Gabba sooner rather than later before finals come around because unless a major miracle happens, I can't see uh, AFL finals being played elsewhere at this stage. Mind you, the AFL did come out and say that there's four legitimate um, proposals in, in play at the moment and... But more importantly, West Coast are going to win games of football and most of them are going to be up there. So that's that's it for me. I thought uh, both teams are excellent. They're going to both be hard to beat come finals time. Yeah. And, and that's when we'll, we'll really see uh, what both of these two teams are capable of because they've got a lot more um, left inside from what I've seen so far. I think both of them are sort of, don't get me wrong, they're all going at 100% at um, in the game, but I think there's levels of their structures and, and intensity that could go up a notch um, come finals. And I think these two, along with Geelong, have got more of that than all the other finals teams at the moment. You spoke just briefly, and I've got a couple more things, but just briefly, just on um, you spoke about um, the Eagles' ability to handle the hub and, and the travel. Do you think, I know this is their first, like, well, they've come back into the hub 
they lost this game. Are you worried about them? We, we spoke before this game, worrying whether they would be able to adapt. You're still, you're, you're definitely still yeah, worried about them ongoing. They, they, yeah, it's always a concern when uh, a team goes for too long at a venue that it's not so much the opposition, it's the venue that that, that becomes the concern. And we know that West yeah. Coast have had that in the past. That's all it is. It's because they had the MCG hoodoo for so long that it brings up, oh, well, do they have a hoodoo now at the Gabba because they continue to lose those games. And, yeah. and while they're all professional, again, it's a weird-ass season where their normal routines aren't there so they can't sort of conceptualise everything as probably well as they would. They haven't got their families there to talk to, all that type of stuff. They're not trained. All, just the little things that happen day in, day out from a professional sporting uh, team goes. They're not able to have that um, there. So, yeah, look, if they can come, if they can win their next game up there, uh, that should be enough. They've just got to get that. I mean, they have one games up there, but they're against teams that basically non-competitive Um to say the least, they can just get one win. Um, hopefully, their next round that I think takes a lot of that pressure off them. Yeah, I, more than capable. We've seen how capable they are as a football team. Yeah, one one thing I would say just on 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 the you know how they're going to deal with the the hub. Obviously, we don't know, but get some some signs that were positive. I know they lost the game by twenty seven points in the end, but it's probably the almost the best pressure I've seen the Eagles apply in Queensland. So. Just, I know they were phenomenal over there, but um, in in WA, but this is probably the best game I've seen them play. Even though it's, which is still that's I guess concerning in itself. And it's the best game I've seen them play, and they lost by nearly five goals. But uh, yeah, in the end, it was a little bit uh, like they got a couple of late goals, Richmond. Um, but it yeah, says, it's, it says more about Richmond probably than West Coast in that in that regard. The actual yeah. um, final margin. Yeah. A um, few other things, and we'll keep moving, but a couple of things I want to talk about. Um, just on Barass, uh, I really like Barass, great player. Um, one thing I think, just something to watch, he, I think, and this is something I'm sure will be discussed with him um, with his um, backline coaches, but he really needs to watch the hold. So he, yeah. I, I get, I get, like, you know, obviously at the moment, like, umpiring so bad, but like, the, he's been pinged a bunch of times, even when they were in WA as well. Um, he just needs to watch how, not just how long, but where he's doing it. Because he's going to, like, if that happens two, three times in a final, all of a sudden Lynch can kick two goals pretty quick. Tomahawk could kick two goals pretty quick. Charlie Dixon could get two goals pretty quick. That's the thing. So the kinds of players, his opponents, that he's probably going to come up against come um, finals, which are only a month away, he just needs to be careful on his technique a little bit, I reckon. That's a concern. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering whether he's lacking a little bit of fitness. Confidence and, maybe, I don't know. And, yeah, yeah some, one of those two because it's usually a sign that, that he's not getting into position. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mentally he's not feeling confident in his body or he's just lacking that bit of um, fitness to be able to, to run with these types of guys and get himself into good position because yeah. it's, it's unusual be, the last two or three years, he's been very solid in that. Um, last few weeks, game. yeah. But the last few weeks, he's been, yeah, giving away. And it's those holds. Like they're the free kicks that, I guess, as a coach, you'd be pulling your hair out, especially close to, to goal. You don't mind so much if it's holding outside the 50 and you're, you're trying to do the team thing 
by slowing the play down so that you can get your structures. That That's more of a, a team-oriented, a professional free kick. But he, he just, yeah, he did. I, I did I did have a note. I'm glad you brought it up because I had forgot to mention that. But that was a bit of a concern um, as well. Another thing as well is like what's so clever about Richmond and what they've been doing as well is not only have – and Collingwood actually – have started doing this quite well and we'll get into that in their game but so when a player goes out right I always find the best teams don't necessarily replace like for like I mean if you're really lucky obviously and you've got an incredibly deep list maybe you bring somebody in that can play pretty much that same role but it's it's always impressive to me when a team replaces a player by a couple of roles so what Penderbury and as an example what Penderbury and Adams did on the weekend really replaced a lot of what Sidebottom does Right in, in the side, yeah. But that's that's a separate team. What was very impressive with Richmond, just little things like uh, Baker, um, even McIntosh before he had to go down back, bits and pieces like that. It's it's amazing how well they're able to replace elements of a Prestia or someone like that's role. They might there might be four players that'll take twenty five percent of their role, and it's it's fascinating to watch how well the good teams do it. That's all. I just think over the next few weeks, because we're not going to see people like Prestia and these guys, just watch from that perspective because I think it is quite interesting to watch it and see, ah, okay, he's doing, you know, he's exiting the zones in the way he would or he's providing that defensive if there's a if there's a, a quick kick out or, you know, little bits and pieces like that. Um, on McIntosh as well, um, I think he actually, I know if he looks at this, look at, look at the stats, you'd think McIntosh, not, not a great game. I actually thought he was quite good down back. So when, when Grimes was I, injured, hey? I know, I agree, yeah. He, he, he's not he's not a um, seven-figure defender, and I thought he played admirably. Yeah, I considering thought... Considering what he had in front of him, like, seriously. Yeah. Pretty hard to stop Liam Jones. Uh, not Liam Jones, um, Liam Ryan. Yeah, but I thought, yeah, <laughs> Liam Jones. He's, he's definitely not at, not at Eagles. He'd love to be there at the okay. Eagles. Um, no, I, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Very, very impressive. I actually think he did quite well. Um, and also, just lastly, but like Bolter again showed so much. Like that guy, I know Richmond fans like you know blew a gasket over the last few weeks of how exciting he's going to be, and people are calling him the next rants and all that stuff. But every week he does get that little bit better, and you're like, and you see moments, and you're like, wow, this guy is going to be good. Uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, Underrated, yeah, one of the best players at the moment. Hey, yeah, him and well, both at both ends. Uh, Richmond have got yeah. um, a couple of uh, very, very promising uh, youngsters. Like Arts continues to play his role up in the forward half and starting to move move up the ground and use his pace a little bit more. He, he's he's a he's a great small forward addition as well. Yeah, so he looks you know, good. They're, they're, Richmond looking very, very good, and yeah, West Coast are five percent off before they become extremely good, which is not they'll, they'll turn it on. You'd think so. It's it's just going to be very interesting now whether they can finish in the top four. So there, so just bringing the ladder up for two seconds. But Richmond uh, fourth, um, Brisbane at third, Geelong went to first, but then back to second with Port Adelaide winning uh, over Sydney. And then the Eagles at fifth. So, yeah, whether they can sneak into that top four, it really is going to rely. I mean, this sounds goes without saying a bit, but it really is going to rely on Collingwood losing and Richmond to stop winning as well. So, 
it's going to be hard. West Coast have got Brisbane towards the back end of the year as well, so they, they'll have to win that game. So, yeah, it'll be very interesting. Um, let's keep going. So, Cats, um, Dogs, 61-72. Uh, to 72. Um, Cats by 11 in the end. Weird, weird game again as well. What, what did you think of this game? Did you watch this one live? Yeah, I watched, yeah, yeah. This is it's funny. I never thought Geelong were out of this game though. Yeah. Even how dominating uh, the doggies were in that first quarter, you just knew that this Geelong team it wasn't there. They they were themselves in that first quarter. No. They just looked out of sorts. Um, they just needed to get back to their structures, as I said um, at the. Quarter just before the reset to second quarter, I think they interviewed Mitch Duncan for memory, and Chris Scott just said to his players, "Go just go back to your structures; it'll be fine. It's one quarter. You got three quarters to peg it back, and that's exactly what they did. They literally just took control. And I guess I'm not saying that there's deficiency. It showed the deficiencies of the dogs. I just think the cats are that much better of a team." Yeah, they were able to grind away for two quarters and then really step on the pedal in that last quarter. When they saw blood, they went, all right, here we go. We'll take it on from there. And all their big players in Dangerfield, obviously having another all-Australian-type all season. Gary Rowan feels really comfortable in that system now. He's super important. He's one of those low-touch, big-impact players when he's on. Tomahawk obviously continued to have a really good game and then without sounding like a broken record or you and I try not to repeat ourselves, but it's hard not to repeat how good Guthrie and um, Duncan have been, how many these guys have been to allow this senior midfield to to play other roles and not always have, don't get me wrong, Danger will always lift because that's in his nature and if Salwood was playing, he'd do the same. All that time. But it means they've just got so much more flexibility, like you were saying, in the previous uh, game, or knowing that they can switch players around regardless of who's there to play little bits of this and little bits of that um, is paramount to being a, a top four or, or that elite team, which yeah. Geelong certainly is point in time. And I can't see, funnily enough, Radagalia, I, I can't see how he gets back into this side at the moment. Well, I think there'll be some injuries at some point, but, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, pretty good player to not be playing. Um, shows where they're at. <laughs> But it shows how good they are at the moment. But so quarter time for people that didn't see the game, six goals three to no goals three. Like it was that far. Um, another thing, just going back on what you were saying as well and adding to it, um, the there was also Chris Scott um, was saying, you know, just just chip away. Another couple of goals each quarter. We'll just, we, all we need to do is match them and then get a couple more, couple more, and we'll get it back. Um, so yeah. this is exactly what they did. So six, six. To three six at half time, then seven yeah, seven to five nine at three quarter time. Nine, nine goals to zero yeah. to one end of the ground. Yeah, it was incredible. It was it was just as weird as as soon as I watched the second half of the Hawthorne SMG. This watching live yeah. was just as. Well, I got to see all of this live, so I didn't have to watch it in pieces like the other game. But yeah, no, a great game uh, for a, not for a dogs fan, which we'll get into, but. Great game, um, yeah, for a neutral fan or a Geelong fan. It would have been a lot of fun to watch, and I, I thought it. Um, but, yeah, Cats obviously yeah. so, so slow at the start. Um, dogs held possession really well. 
uh, won the clearances convincingly. They look, they, I mean, the Cats, well, there's not even any point going through it. They look so bad. Um, but yeah, they just gradually worked their way into the game. And by the end, I mean, the other thing, Gary Rowan, that's the best game I've seen him play almost for Geelong. Definitely one of the absolute best games. Incredible. Um, and then, you know, obviously their ability to move the outside so much better than the Dogs as the game went on. They just completely fell away. The Dogs really thought that that score line would have been enough. And it got close late, obviously, and, and they got trumped. So it's a, it was a bizarre game. Geelong's variety, I think, was a big reason for, um, for how they're able to get it done, obviously backing up with what you were saying as well. And, and yeah, I mean, so strange. I mean, the other thing with Hawkins, too, how good he is. He had the most assists, most goal assists for the game, too. He's, he is in yeah. unbelievable form. Like he's, oh, he's he's having a little, he's having a lot LeBron James season in the AFL. He yeah, is, well, this was a double double kind of game. Yeah, assists. Like he he's got the most score involvements, I think, of all forwards in the game. He yeah. what still leading or second in the Coleman, and he's, he's probably he's got leading most, leading. Yeah, and then he's probably got he'd be in the top five contested marks in the yeah. AFL. And yeah, marks yeah, yeah. Oh, he's like, yeah, yeah. He, he's having. I've never. I haven't seen him have it as dominant season as this year so far. He is at the peak of his powers, which is amazing for someone who's been around for so long. And just quickly on the dogs before we go deep into them, they played that, that game against anyone else bar probably Richmond and Port Adelaide at their best. They're winning that game. The only other one's West Coast over there. If that was in Perth, I reckon West Coast yeah. would have come back. That's probably the only one, yeah. Yeah, like nothing, I mean... Obviously, like every team, there's some smaller deficiencies and then some little mistakes that the dogs made. But they actually played very good football. Geelong just played better football for the second, third and fourth quarters. Yeah. Um, and it's always disappointing when you give up a league regardless. So, that, yeah. Unfortunately, I think that's their, their finals uh, chances out the window now, which is disappointing because I think they would have um, been a much more interesting team to, to see play finals and the teams that are sort of fighting it out at the moment. Well, I think fans fans of like Richmond, West Coast, Brisbane, Collingwood would have been watching this game going, yes, yes, go, <coughs> go dogs, beat them. <laughs> now yeah. now with that happening, it really means that Geelong are, you'd say, guaranteed top four now and probably top two or three teams. So it's, yeah, it's an incredible win. Um Defensive, I mean, again, it was just so bizarre. Like, it's hard. To, we seem, you know, speechless through bits of this, but it just seems incredible in, like, the Hawthorne-Essendon game. Same um, thing in that there, there's these long passages where Geelong, their defensive effort is so bad, and then all of a sudden, like, they, they were uh, next level. But, yeah, bizarre, bizarre game. Into the dogs, because obviously we've spoken a lot about Geelong, but this is the worst game I've seen McRae play, I reckon, for the Dogs, or definitely one of the worst. That was a big reason why this game fell the other way. Like, he was garbage, let's be honest. And that's harsh, but it's true. He completely fell away. Um, yeah, I won't, I won't dig a biggest hole as you've just given him. <laughs> I, I thought, I thought he, yeah, he wasn't as influential, um, which is, I mean, he, he's so, he's such an accumulator um, and has been again here. So I get what you're saying. He, he, he didn't have an impact. Well, the, garbage um, is a bit harsh, but he, yeah, yeah, he fell away massively. So I, can't think, I can't think if it was on him. Whoever it was on him just did a stellar job in um, nullifying his influence. But, yeah, he, he has, if, he, if he gets on 
the outside, the dog's definitely uh, much more damaging for sure. Yeah, well, Duncan, I think, was quite good. I think he had him a lot of the time as well as um, yeah. Menegola. But, look, yeah, amazing variety. So do you think Atkins would go, who was good, do you think he goes out for Ablett? Oh, that's what you hear. Um, I guess it's the only logical. And Selwood for Henry? Probably. Well, yes. Well, Henry, I, mean, I guess you, you see who's got niggles and, and who your opponent is. But those two, I mean... Except for probably Dangerfield, Duncan, Guthrie. You, anyone comes out for those two. Um, yeah. I mean, even um, Grant Myers could make way for Ablett. It's, it's, and that's harsh because he hasn't done anything wrong. But that's the type of play you're bringing in. You're bringing in uh, an absolute match winner. Well, both of them are. So, um, so would. Uh, sorry. Uh, for different reasons. Ablett can win it off his foot. Yeah. Um, up in the forward line, and Selwood obviously just the leader in his courage um, lifts everyone as soon as he walks out in the field. And so, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think any Geelong player would feel bad or, or, or like the being hung out to dry if they're being replaced by either of those two superstars. So with the sorry to interrupt, but with the dogs um, losing this game in the end now, so let's have a look at the ladder for a second. They. No, so they can't. No, they, they can. That's they definitely still can. So they're sitting at 10th, same points as, so from 8th down, so Melbourne at 8th on 28 points, and their percentage, Melbourne's percentage is not as healthy as it was now because they only um, just won. And the Giants, um, you'd think not, I agree, but the Giants also on 28 points, um, a similar percentage, and then almost the exact same percentage, the Dogs at um, 10th. So you're right, but they, if they had snuck this game, all of a sudden it, it makes it interesting. You're right; it's going to be harder. But I guess are you do you think do you think the eight set or do you think do you think the Giants replace Melbourne? I think it's the big bigger question. No, I think Saints coming out. Okay, so Saints out and Giants in. Yeah, I, and that's purely based on the games that all the teams have got left. Saints yeah. have got one pencil in win. That's against Hawthorne. Well, Melbourne have got Essendon, which is no longer a pencil in. No, not now, especially with apparently Heppel playing, coming back in. Yeah, he's playing. They've named him. Yeah, Heppel yeah. and uh, Hurley. So, yeah, so it makes it very, very hard game now. So, yeah, I look, really, the top eight should stay. If, if St Kilda and Melbourne play the brand of football that we know that they're capable of, they stay. But they Again, like we said, well, yeah, we said last week, Melbourne's been inconsistent all year and St Kilda all of a sudden are starting to look a little bit shaky. Just because the season's dragging on and it's not an established team as far as the personnel being all together for more than a year. Yeah, we'll get into the Saints. Um, <clears throat> so that's, yeah, I, I want to go more into the Dogs, but it's hard because I think they're probably right. I, I agree. I don't disagree. They're probably going to fall out, which means that they're a team that um, will focus more on the season review. But they've got a chance. They've got a chance. Um, they, they do. They, they, they played do. well. The first half, even they still played really well, um, but then, just came up against yeah. almost the best team in the league. Uh, yeah, arguably the best team. And even right to the end, they never gave up. And little things go their way. They win the 50, 50s here and there that, they get it, get it back in there for again, though. Bruce. Yeah. Does he help? Well, he's, he 
fine. He's a he's a weak link. I, I, I this is harsh, but it's true. I think if they had, I think Norton's going to be good. I think Jackie back. Jackie's been injured for ages. Yeah, well, I think they, they can get him. Not, obviously not this year. But I think the future is, and maybe that's the thing, the reason they got Bruce is just to hold out until Shaq. But I think if Shaqy can get his body right, Norton looks great again. Uh, I think that becomes much more potent forward line. Well, where Shaqy and Bruce need to be worried is um, there are a lot of forwards on the market, which is the first yeah. time in a while where there's going to be quite a lot of forwards on the market. So just briefly before we get into it, so obviously um, Jeremy Cameron, which I, I, I don't think he'll go to the Dogs. I think if he goes anywhere, he'll go to Geelong, but that's a separate uh, conversation. But the point is he's available. I think um, two-metre Peter at um, yeah, Gold Coast is gettable for sure, and I think he'd look yeah, good. He'd look good down there. I reckon, I reckon he's going to Collingwood. Yeah, pro- probably, but he's, he's, he, that's another one the Dogs yeah. could have a go at. Kitchen sink it in. Another one that's in the wilderness, and who knows what the story is, and you hear that he's not fit enough and blah, 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 but every time he comes in, he, he seems to present okay. He had a really good start of his career, and then he kind of fell away. And I, 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 it's, um, for me, is Fogarty, uh, Adelaide's uh, Fogarty. I do, it's, uh, you never hear him discussed much at all. I, I, I actually think there's something about this kid, and I wonder whether a new start might be a good idea. Um, he's a big boy. Uh, I wonder whether with the right mentor um, might be able to get him right and get him a bit more focused. Um, but yeah, who knows? Maybe the Melbourne bubble might be worse for him. I don't. I don't know. It's all rumours about him, and I don't want to go through any of those. Um, but yeah, the the point is there are other um, forwards. There's quite a lot, which is m- more than normal on the market at the moment. Um, yeah, so it's going to be very interesting to see. Even Jesse Hogan, there's been a bit of does this still not playing? Him. Apparently, he's fit. Still not playing him, so that's you know obviously Freo gave up a fair bit. But if Justin Longmire doesn't like him, then they've got money in the cap, quite a lot of money. They've got picks. They've got they're in a pretty good situation yeah. to, to to for a a clean house slash rebuild, which only ever really comes around every five ten years. So they could do it. Um, oh, who knows? Oh, that would be very strange. But you know that would be hilarious. He goes from Melbourne to Perth, back to Melbourne again. But who knows? Anyway, so that's the, the point is that I, I think, yeah, Bruce is going to really need to lift. He had that one game where he kicked six. He's really going to need to improve because he, he's been pretty poor. I don't, and I don't love him in the ruck. And I, I, it's funny, our man English has fallen away a bit as well in the last month. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm a bit – they've got yeah. a few pieces that, that I really worry about the dogs, and that's why I, I agree with you. It, it, they're probably not going to make it. But there's a few pieces that, that are concerning. This is the upside for English is his age. Like, to be as good as a ruckman, he is already at 21 or 22. Yeah. It's – yeah, he's just having to carry that load for too long at the moment. It's wearing on him, but he'll, 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 he'll get through. He'll be fine. But, yeah, yeah Bruce – He's made still a concern. I don't see how he fits into this mould unless he's kicking two, two or three goals a game. No, and the other one I worry about is Tory Dixon as well. I, I, I don't know how he's still getting games to a large degree. Um, they put his lot, first game back in weeks. I know, I know. They gave him a go and he did, he did almost nothing. Yeah, I know they'll, they'll, they'll keep him in for a little longer, but if that continues, that's the other one I'd be worried about um, just in terms of the amount of forwards that are going to be on the market. So... Anyway, <clears throat> larger conversation. Next game, which I think will be a pretty brief discussion, um, is uh, Port Adelaide, Sydney, um, Port by 26 points. They got it done in the end. 
um, 73 to 47. Um, yeah, look, Sydney Sydney have been gallant. Um, obviously, they're, they're, we spoke about the oily rag that they're working with at the moment. Um, we spoke about that week after week, so I don't think there's too much to go into there. Um, Dixon obviously came back, was a lot better. But again, it's similar to you know the conversation we had earlier um, with Danaher. It's not like he was playing against you know elite defenders at the moment. Um, with the greatest of respect to Sydney. Um, the, the main thing I wanted to ask you out of this game, though, before we move on, because there's really nothing to discuss, really, but Port, we both agree they had a bit of a softer draw. Um, that might account to some degree with how, I know, like, softer draw, like, everyone plays the other ones now, but they did the timing when they played, everyone's been quite good. They've been allowed to go home. Um, that's That's been helpful compared to some other teams. I guess they're still not smashing teams. They're still kind of like lingering in games at times and then pulling the lever when they need to, which is fine, but it's just going to be very interesting to see them come finals. Are you concerned by that at all in that, like, I know they won that Richmond game. They, they beat Richmond. It was at home, but they're not going to be playing them at home. They're going to be playing them in Queensland. So I guess that's in finals, almost certainly, you'd think. So are you a little concerned by Port in that they don't look, I think they don't look as convincing in terms of being that top side, or, or are you just think, nah, come finals, they'll turn it on? No, I'm still yeah, I'm still very apprehensive uh, about where Port are. Look, games like this probably help get some of their, I mean, show help get uh, some of their senior players into a groove. Well, that was Gray's best game for the year, as it should be. He's got, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, Jake Lloyd um, is probably going to make another all, probably get an All Australian guarantee in there, um, either on the bench or. As a halfback flank, he's had an outstanding season um, in defence for for Sydney, but that's it. Um, the rest of the defence is basically under twenty year olds at, at Sydney, without going into the details of who in that back half. So you expect someone like Gray coming towards the end of the season, before finals, to start fine tuning and having those um, standout games like he did. And Dixon, yeah, who's 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 there to try and stop him in, in Sydney, like? It's all good and well saying he's back. I was like, is he doing that against Geelong or Richmond or yeah. Brisbane or one of these other quality sides? Um, it, it does concern me, and they can't get um, Rosie and Dersma and these kids back quick enough. That's that's where they'll win it. They'll, they'll win it from the exciting young players as long as they can keep their heads um, come pressure in finals because those big players like Gray, Ollie Wines, Dixon, they just need an opportunity to to seize the moment and they'll take it. But at the moment, yeah, a little bit concerned like what you said. I don't know whether it's a mental thing and they're not quite switched on and they they have that killer instinct or or it is a ploy by Hinckley. Could be. Mate, guys, just get the job done. Don't overexert yourself. Come finals, we'll... Flip the switch and and start playing balls out football, which I think they're more than capable of. They got all the paces. Yeah, well, Ollie Wines as well. Look, just on him, just quickly, he looked really good. Obviously, I think he had a great game. And if some of the reports are, are accurate, he's gettable. So yeah, he's dri- he's driven his price up again. Apparently, Essendon and a bunch of teams have made offers. So um, primarily Victorian teams. So yeah, it'd be very interesting to see. 
how that ends up because he looks um, he looks very very good. Um, probably not. What do you reckon? Like I don't reckon too much more to discuss out of this. Obviously, a lot of a lot was made of how good Dixon was, but he, he played he played against sitting defenders. Like they're they're one of the worst sides in the league at the moment. Like they won't always be, but right now that's the case. So yeah, I mean that that that, that snap goal that he kicked that that was oh, very good. That showed he's fantastic. Yeah, hundred ninety. Six centimeters or whatever, he's 105 kilos. Like for a big man to spin on a five cent piece and then uh, kick truly, yeah, that that just shows how good a quality player he is. But but I'm, again, comparing what he and Joe Danner had up against them, uh, I think Danner's game is better because he hasn't played for two years. Yeah. So, but they're going well, mate. They're on top of the ladder. Yeah. Who cares if you're not smashing teams? I agree. I've I've thought that too. Um, the other thing as well is just to add quietly, if you, um, for people that haven't heard, it sounds like Dixon um, is going to recommit to Port Adelaide um, shorter years than he could have got um, at Brisbane. Supposedly the Brisbane deal is three or four years, which I think is almost irresponsible at his age. But anyway, um, if they've got the room and they need the forward right now, who cares? if you? There was the same logic as the buddy thing if, if you on a larger scale, obviously, but if you got the flag... Um, then who cares if you if you if you're responsible for a couple of years after that? But anyway, um, so it sounds like he's going to start. So um, that's I, good. Yeah, I think so. I, I I think yeah. I mean, look, you know, it is what it is. But I, I think how he left it wouldn't have, wouldn't have looked great to be honest. But um, yeah. yeah, not leaving its team a legitimate flag contender big probably chance. should be for the next two or three years. Oh, exactly. Um, next game, Frio Giants. Um, so Frio, yeah, a bit poor of Frio. They've been up for a fair while. I, I, in the end, I don't remember who I tipped on the podcast, but in the end, in our tipping comp, I went to Giants. I just felt they have to win this game, and, and Frio have been up for a fair while. And, um, yeah, so in the end, Giants, quite impressive, um, winning by 38 points in the end. Um, still, obviously, a lot more I want to see from Giants before I think they're back. Um, but, um, yeah, they, they were a lot better. Um, there was a lot it's, more to take out of this game. Oh, it's four weeks in the in the making, though. Yeah. Like, where, where it's they taken been like this? too long. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, very frustrating, but they did play a very good... This is the type of football I've been expected to see from GWS. Yeah. Majority of the just hasn't been there. And, yeah, the, the Freo team... Kids again. I mean, this is the time of the year where teams that are much younger and less experienced, they're going to start to falter a little bit because it's tiring. Their the, the bodies and, and the rigors of AFL football uh, start to take its toll. So I'm not surprised that <coughs> uh, the Giants um, won this uh, convincing in the end. Oh, I probably would have got off my ass and changed my tips, um, except I'm lazy about that type of stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Busy trying to find out when my reception and hours going to come back. And are we going to get any for people outside of Victoria? When can we get drinking water? That's the other thing that add add to the apocalypse. By Saturday morning, I I drove to um, Woolworths around the corner from me, and it was literally like a scene out of Twenty Eight Days Later. I, I had to actually go there and buy water, and people were racking the shelves. I went there about ten o'clock in the morning. I met, I rang you, and I was like, because we live not that far away, I was like, hey, this is, you know. This is the situation, blah blah blah, and like, so I was ringing people in the morning that live in the area, and then I like got dressed and went out, and 
bought water. It was just so bizarre. So yeah, um, it was, probably wasn't the, the top top of the mind concern given what was going on this weekend. I lost a tip. Oh well. <clears throat> Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, Giants ball movement um, was back. Was a lot better. Obviously, a lot a big a lot has been made in the last. 24, 48 hours around the DeBoer um, Fife matchup, which was great. Um, DeBoer was amazing, um, completely took Fife out of the game. That's the least possessions he's had in, like, I can't remember, years, like a long time. Um, years, yeah, like multiple years. So, yeah, he, he was obviously fantastic. So all, the, the thing is for me with the Giants is all that stuff's going to have to be working um, simultaneously for them to, to go deep in the year, and I'm not confident on that, to be honest. But Cameron was better, but the delivery was a lot better, and he looked a lot happier. Um, yeah. But the biggest takeaway, really, for me out of this game was Riccardi. Where do they find this guy? He was like, what, pick 52 or something? Like mm. this 20-year-old rookie, and he was amazing. He looked incredible. Like, who, it, who is this guy? Is it Riccardi from Geelong's son? Or No, no. No, 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 no relation. Okay. Because um, <laughs> okay. it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Peter Riccardi. Pe- people said that all week on Twitter. Like I saw that and other places, but the, the media had to clarify. Um, but yeah, not 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 um, related. But yeah, um, no Kelly as well for a lot of the game. He um, smashed his face on um, Mumford's knee um, in a horrible, disgusting incident, and mum, Mummy's knee would be. Uh, very sharp and, and hard, so that that he he looked really awful. He won't play next week. I mean, I'm just, no. I'm, I'm almost shocked to be players the following. He looked pretty bad. Yeah. His mummy's seriously like, the biggest culprit of taking out his own teammates yeah. more than any other player in the history of this game. I've, he seems to like kill killing his teammates. I have one other person to nominate for that, and he's always the first person that comes to mind whenever we have this conversation, and it's Justin Kaczynski. The amount, of time, the amount of time Kozzy nearly murdered and did murder um, Rewal, Milne, he, he's killed multiple players down there. Yeah. But you're yeah. right, he's top of the top, top. He's definitely seriously considered. Just, yeah, uh, anyway. Lucky <laughs> um, um, yeah. um excellent again. Uh, Tamarindo is pretty good as well. Uh, Toby Green. Where's he at? Do you reckon he? Is it, um, or is it just the? Or is it just the structure of the the Giants team that he can't have the influence? I think because, and that's a good thing that they were way too reliant on him. I think one of the notes that I took, and this probably relates to, it, I think the Giants uh, were scoring in some in a far broader variety of ways, and that has to happen for him yeah. to to um, not be so relied on. It was getting ridiculous. He was very very relied on, but yeah, I, I, yeah, a little bit off. Whitfield, leave him in his position. I think he needs to stay there. Um, it's been really annoying watching the Giants, how much they've moved that magnet around. Just leave it. I think he is where he needs to be. But, yeah, look, good game. Um, I think, you know, I'm not totally convinced. Obviously, it's only they've only just started to show some signs. I know they had a late run last year and they ended up getting through the grand final. But um, I really think there's a little bit of mayo put on that. I think Collingwood chokes that game so heavily in the, in the, in the prelim. Um, just as a side note, but anyway, um, DeBoer, or, yeah, go. Sorry. I think I was going to say, I think the teams that are in, especially the top five, would prefer not to see the Giants play finals. I think they would yeah. feel more comfortable against all the other teams that oh. have got a chance. Yeah, don't get me wrong, yeah. they could do damage late for sure, but I'm yeah, not they're, convinced they go the whole way. No, yeah, yeah, their glass ceiling is probably a bit higher than the other teams that are currently 
fighting oh. for those last spots at the moment. They were. They, you can mount an argument they were the most underperforming team over the last month. Who who was more versus versus the talent on the list, their ability and and the win loss. I don't know. Maybe no, Melbourne to a small degree, but not that heavy. They've been okay. Most, most people, had sort of Melbourne, thereabouts, whereas most yeah, people but, made yeah. giant top four, top two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, no. But, yeah, look, I, I, Frio, <laughs> Frio, sorry, you go, sorry. I was just saying, other than that, I don't have any other real takeaways. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, Frio, I think, look, just as a side note, we'll obviously do the season review at the end of the year. Um, Fremantle have been great. I've really enjoyed watching them, but yeah, tiring out. They've been they've been up for a while. Another off season with that young side. I reckon they're going to be really good next year. And and maybe obviously Raul getting injured. Um, I reckon Sarong is a chance at the Rising Star. That kid is so much fun to watch. He was good in a loss. He was still really good. I like Sarong. He's really good to watch. Yeah, um, and they're probably the, the yeah. two for that moment. I reckon. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, next game, D Saints. Ugh, what a frustrating game this was. Um, yeah, well, I almost picked it. Well, I almost I... picked the draw, and that's all it deserves. I two I'm... teams. I'd hate to be a support for either of these two teams. I messaged a friend, and I was like, "It um, Saints after the siren," and it nearly happened. It should have happened. Really, they should have had that shot um, late. Obviously, um, Dougal Howard just soaked up like five years. Deciding what to do with the ball. That was so stressful watching. It was like, oh, come on, come on, come on. Now, 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 now. Just, just get an entry. Who cares? It was so stressful. Anyway, so um, busted ass game, really, in a lot of respects. No one, you're right. No one did deserve to win this. Um, bad game. So many um, uh, errors constantly. So many turnovers. So 52 to 49 in ba- bad form. So it was up in um, Terrio Stadium. Perfect. Perfect, like it couldn't get more perfect conditions to play football. Yeah, uh, it was mild, but getting cooler. It wasn't too humid. It wasn't, no. it wasn't dewy like they said it was going to be. Yeah, it was. It was a bowling green. Um, it was just yeah, frustrating. So, so D's, yeah, I mean D's fast start and then hit the brakes. That wasn't great. Saints just chipped it back, chipped it back. Um, Battle kept them in the game as well. He did stop a lot, and I, I think he's he's very good to watch. At the other end, May was probably the player, best player. The best game I've seen him play for Melbourne. I thought he was excellent. Um, yeah, he was back to his intercept. Like just yeah, he just knew where to where to position himself. And he's reminding me of what Brian Lake was like in his heyday as well. Just this big body, yeah, that could just read the play so well. Um, and push his opponent into into awkward positions, and yeah. So and, and Lee starting to pick up as well. That was the first full game that I'd seen of Melbourne um, for a number of weeks because of how, how stressful they are to watch. Um, but yeah, the, the the back line is starting to, especially those two, starting to gel a little bit more, and obviously that helps um, feed the play up the field. But again, oh, that midfield. As, as you've said, they just want to rack up possessions. They don't care whether it's good possessions. They just play the ball. They yeah. all want to have 30 touches. It's like, far out. They all go for the ball. It's so frustrating. Anyway, so go back to last week. You're going to hear that round again. I, I can't be bothered going around that roundabout. No. no, so very um, yeah, very stressful um, to watch. Jack Steele, obviously fantastic. Um, yeah, I wrote in my notes, midfield, same issues. Yeah, if you want to hear that, uh, it's about 25 minutes into last week. Um, but yeah, look, I think 
it's funny. So just going back to May for a second, something that that um, has worked against Melbourne is is taking his intercepts out of the game, and something I completely forgot to mention in the Richmond game. But um, Richmond kept West Coast's um, Jeremy uh, McGovern to no intercepts, zero. So they took the air out, out of the game. If the Eagles win the marks, they win almost every game. And if he wins intercepts on the ground, they win virtually every game. So take, and that was obviously amazing and that we've moved on. But in this game, that was something they, they, they really struggled. Um, St Kilda, they, the maturity at times. That was a big thing in this game. Like just simple... I know they're a young side and it's going to take time, but, you know, Saints are now one and four in games. I know there hasn't been that many games this year, but still, that, well, that's even more damning, that stat then. They're one and four in games decided by less than a goal. So lack of maturity late, um, and, and, yeah, they really need to work better at when a defender runs hot like that. Like, because May was, you know, you know he, he had 45 for the night. Like, he was just, you know... Jamal Murray, like he was just, just you know, on, on fire. So uh, that that was just, yeah. I mean, like, just quickly going back to how effective Richmond were. Jack Rewatt's smart. Just mm. draw him outside of the 50. Who cares if he intercepts marks on the wing? Like, that's going to happen. That yeah. any player can do that. It's damaging when you get a forward entry. It's where they take the marks, 100%. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and, I, and Ratton's a, a brilliant coach. I think he's... he's Oh, not on him at all. Regardless of where St Kilda end up, but he'll probably um, show King and who's the other key forward for um, St Kilda. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But he'll just show footage, uh, probably side by side. Like, look what Jack Rewalt
and he'll go close. He'll he'll, he'll pull very well. It, it just side note on the on the Brownlow. Um, yeah, it's I mean it's locking Niels to to lose, but there's some players out there that you, you if you're a betting man, um, you might throw a few bob at. Because I can't remember someone being this far or this short for so long winning. No, I agree. Someone said that to me the other day. They were like, oh, Lockie Neal's sure bet, isn't he? And I'm like, nah. And they're like, why? And I'm like, well, because how many times... Do you remember? You remember? We spoke about it. In in 2010, um, Dane Swan was by far the favourite. In, in 2011, the Judd Swan years were flipped. They shouldn't have won in, in the years they won. They should trade medals because they it should have gone the other way. But... It all, it, there's always some weird stuff. You know, there'll be games where the umpires go, McLuggage, mm, or mm, this way. Like, they're just... It, it's the umpire votes. It's not It's not based on the best player. This happens every single year. It's usually one of the very, very good players of, of, this, of the year, no doubt, but... The votes go in weird ways. It's not. It's not an exact science. Like, no, so. it is, it's a, it's a very. It's very bizarre. And, uh, I, he does rack up a lot of possessions. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Are they are they game winning and damaging? Depending right. on the other umpires. See, yeah, all that type of stuff. So, yeah, look. I mean, Dangerfield could win it for, for all I know. Like, Martin, there's been so many really good. Um, players this year um, still from St Kilda he's had an unbelievable he gets yeah, 100%. no um, disposal so yeah um, no he's not a, he's not a lock for me uh, but I'm not a betting man so um, Saints I think much better at peeling off late they absolutely should have won this they had more entries they had 16 more insides for the game but they had way more entries late Um yeah, typical end in that, like, this felt like, as you predicted with the draw, and then I was saying, as the game was starting to play, this will be, you know, basically a goal, a terrible goal after the siren, yeah. like, ridiculous scenario. Um, sure, it basically was. The yeah, exactly. Got, sort of dribbled over. Oh, it was absolutely ridiculous. Um, <laughs> frustrating game. Goals, I mean, that, just going back to the Petrarca, which started yeah. this little ramble, he's, he's no, I don't want to put him in the same mould as Dusty, but if he's not getting 20 six to 30 touches in the midfield, he can go forward and kick goals. That's where he becomes damaging. Yeah, he has definitely taken that step in becoming the player that they've, they've wanted him to be. Um, the clubs that could have taken Petrarca and didn't, I reckon, would be kicking themselves because he is a very, very seriously good player. Um, yeah. I guess out of these two teams, who do you worry about the most, Dees or, or, or Saints, going forward? Dees? Yeah. I agree. Yeah, because Saints, Saints is like, you can mount an argument just coming back to rap. Sorry. You go. Sorry. Uh, Saints are new. They're, they're yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the Ds have been together for, well, I mean, you can mount an argument around late Lever and uh, May, but the rest of them have played together for a long period of time. Ages, yeah. So, yeah, whereas yeah, the Saints, their midfield's new, their back line's fairly, fairly new as well. Yeah. So... Yeah, no, more concerned about the days still not coming together as a in Euston and playing consistently very good football. Not that he had a massive game, but still, it seems incredible that they weren't playing Wiedemann. They, they can't buy a goal at times. Like, if it wasn't for Petrarca, they lose this game. If Petrarca hits yeah. the post, then, well, obviously, they literally lose the game. But it seems incredible that um, that they weren't playing it. It's so embarrassing, really. Like, I, I just can't believe that. But anyway... Was it? They they they, they mentioned it. Um, Dixon, Hawkins. Wait a minute. There's there's only three other 
forwards in the comp that since Wiedemann came back playing, so around five, I think it was six, yeah. have averaged more than two goals a game. He's the only other one. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's incredible given <laughs> they can't buy a goal. And speaking of, of nearly losing it um, and getting touched on the line, I mean, I, I like it just shows how AFL um, media on their website they may as well call it, you know, Russian state-sponsored television. Like, as much as they, they try and imagine that they're, they're independent, like how embarrassing, again, from AFL media. So they did a, on their round so far thing they did with Kane. I just wanted to mention this, with Kane Corns and Mitch Cleary. And they were like, oh, you know, uh, back the umpire in. Oh, well, it's not that bad that they didn't have the goal line technology there. And, oh, well, you know, back him in, you know, back the umpire. Anyway, keep moving. Like... Uh, <laughs> What kind of bush league is this? How, how can we be in a situation, once again, in an embarrassing situation, either have the technology at all of the grounds or none of the grounds? I don't care if they're playing at Box Hill Oval. I don't care if they're playing, you know, in you know in Dubai on the top of that tennis court in the building, uh, that sales building. I don't care where they play. That'd be pretty cool. That would be pretty hectic. But if you fall off... That's it. You're not playing next week. Uh, no, but like, how how can we still be in this situation where simple things like that, where they don't have goal line technology at all the grounds? I mean, that is just so insanely embarrassing. And that was so close. If I'm the same, if that happened to a Collingwood or one of the like the, the sides that can create these psycho media storms, imagine what that would have resulted in. Because it's St Kilda, I don't. They couldn't really create much fire. But that was embarrassing again for the AFL. Like just oh, yeah. oh. thank God it wasn't Collingwood because oh, Eddie would be on the front page. It'd be terrible. Yeah, he, he wouldn't have set fire to the ground. Yeah. Well. We'd, we'd, we'd lick the ground to avoid this situation so we'd just have to, we could die and not have to deal with it. But anyway, but no, but this was awfully embarrassing and also like just like how how pathetic really from AFL media who are meant to be this independent media arm, like just so, so sad. Um, Carlton Collingwood, not the game that was hyped up, I don't think. Um, I'll, I'll listen to other other opinions, but I, I this was not the game. I don't reckon that it seemed on paper like good game, exciting game. Both teams had a chance to make finals, but the Blues were pretty average. What what did you think of this game? Pies by twenty four in the end. Second most frustrating game of the round. Yeah, not good. I didn't very like. very. Uh, it shouldn't have ever been this close. Turnover Central, yeah, Turnover Central, like the last game in D Saints. The two in a row were terrible. Yeah, no, look. Don't yet. The only saving grace about this was the the margin. Um, yeah. I had a couple of a couple of um, highlights from from Eddie Betts at the start of the game. Otherwise, Cox is there as a filler. He he cannot be in their, the long term plans for for Collingwood as far as I'm concerned. He he finally took a mark right at the end of the game. He, he it doesn't. I don't know. Yeah. Collingwood can't get some of these. Injured players back quick enough, and if they do, they're going to be a good team. Other clubs, um, yeah, other clubs had a go at Cox. So if to go when to go, he comes back. There's no way he plays. And are they so in, in terms of the forward line, which we've spoken about endlessly this year? But Stevenson, what did you think of his game? He, I thought he was better. Well, it's been a while since he since he, since he played. Yeah. Um, and you could tell he, he there's a couple of plays where at the start of the year he would have danced around, kicked goal. Or got someone else involved and they kicked the goal. So, look, I, I like him. I don't know why he wouldn't play him if he's fit. 
unless obviously there's a uh, squabble internally with with him and, and the well, uh, I think coaches. I, yeah, I think there was something that went on that was more personal nature. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, know. It, Either that or that that um, condition that he ha- he's had, um, which is why a lot of other teams um, decide not to pick him as flared up. Who, who knows? It, it just uh, nothing's added. No, nothing really adds up uh, as far as why he wasn't being played for more like. Oh, I thought he's good, and he brings excitement. He brings speed. I'm, he's just such a hard player for the opposition to man up on. So he he adds a lot of value to that Collingwood forward line. And if he can build his tank, then running through the midfield as well. Yeah, look, there was a better game from Grundy as well. And I think that helps a, a lot. Um, he's been down for the last yeah. month as well. Don't get me wrong. His, his ceiling's it's like very so high. high. Yeah. yeah, very, very high. Um, but until they get their, 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 their full list back, Collingwood will be making up. Either of these two terms right now, if it was finals, are making up the numbers against pretty much every other team that's in that. Yeah, I agree. Um, not as extreme as the Essendon Hawthorne game or the Dogs um, Geelong game, but like that game, it also was a, a, a game of two halves, as people say. So two goals um, at quarter time. So two goals Carlton to two two Collingwood, and then at halftime seven two to five six. So Carlton had a really good first half and didn't score a goal after that. That's it. So seven two at halftime, and they finished with seven six. They scored four points from halftime. So the second half was disgusting. It's the worst I've seen them play for some time. Certainly, almost this year. So I, off the top of my head, I'm sure there's someone will tweet us and say, "No, no, this five minutes here was worse." But whatever, um, it was bad. It was clearly very bad. Um, but so many turnovers, just turnover central, both sides, and then Collingwood just chipped away, chipped away. Um, I thought Pendlebury's job on Cripps was really good. Um, almost in a tagging role, took him out of the game to some degree, sacrificed a bit of the, the bright lights and how good of a player he is. Uh, and Adams just dominated beyond belief. I thought he was cl- clearly the best player on the ground. And we're, we're big Adams fa- um, Adams fans. Um, I, I, I think he's a, a stellar player. And um, he's captain the side when Pendlebury's not been there. Maybe Pendles, I think once he gets over the... He'll break the record for longest games captained uh, for Collingwood. It looks like he's going to get there. I'm pretty sure off the top of my head he's going to get there. I think he's only like a season or so away. I could see him no, handing it over. No, no, he's not even that. He's not oh, even less. that far away. It's, okay. It's, if, if he plays every game from here in and they make finals, I think the first final yeah. break Tony Shaw's record okay. equals it right. in round eight. I knew, yeah, I knew it was getting closer. Right, okay. Well, maybe next like, yeah. year. Maybe next year he hands it over to Adams and, and, and he's a vice captain. Oh, I don't know. I, I, it'd be interesting to get another voice in there. He's a very good player, but they probably don't even... I don't think... Maybe he doesn't care. He probably don't even need it, but he's clearly very influential on, on the side. Um, yeah, look, I, I don't know about what to say about this game. Like, yeah, the only other... It wasn't a great game at all. Like, the only other highlight that was... Not for, not for May, because it, 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 like, hit him into yesterday... Uh, and, and tomorrow at the same time, but that that was pretty pretty cool. That um, Crips hit on um, Ma, not May Main M A Y N E bang like, and that is exactly why he gets paid the big dollars because he takes some big hits. That was that was a serious serious hit. Like and you knew what it was straight away. It's like so a brick that, wall. They came up, you're like compressed cheekbone or fractured cheekbone straight away. Um, good to like. I'm glad there's still elements of. That in our game, 
uh, just two pretty courageous footballers, one just slightly bigger than the other, going hard at the footy. Um, and when you're short, you're going to get a shoulder in your head every now and again. It's just the, the nature of the beast. So. But yeah, not, not great football to watch when Collingwood were kind of poor and as a result, Carlton were okay and they were able to get a bit ahead, 7-2-5-6. And then the second half is five. the other team that just completely flips five goals to zero in the second half. So that's just not not great. But it's never when something like that happens. I know that kind of happened in the Dogs game and the S, uh, Geelong game, the Essen and Hawthorne game. But I don't know; they're a bit different. It felt like there was a bit more flow through it, whereas this game was just a bit broken and 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 oh, not great. So much of the football was played between the arcs oh. as well. So much of the constantly the, the, the second half was in in between the the, the forward fifties and pretty yeah. boring. Yeah, again. Um, a Ross Lyon game. He'd lo- he would love this. Um, the coaches at Carlton would have been happy with the defensive um, component yeah. of their, their game. And I guess what we've seen the last few years, Carlton were always the easiest team to funnel through goals. Um, so that I guess is a is a, a good thing. Uh, Wearing was was very good once again, and uh, it's just the inability now to go on the counter and, and find goals when the chips are down and, and the game gets really tough like it was. And Blues... Um, sorry, sorry, you go. No, you're right. Your turn. Oh, I was just going to say, <laughs> I was just going to say, Blues, at, well, to add to that, Blues at, at stoppage late were were terrible. Um, very, very uh, embarrassing. And then, as you know, obviously with Cripps as a result of him not being able to get into the game because of... Um, of Penelope's actions. But, yeah, look, I, I I don't have a lot to say more out of this. Collingwood are in the hunt still. They had to win this game. Um, it's going to be harder from here. But, yeah, I think, um, you know, where are they now? So Collingwood sitting at six. They'll, they'll probably stay in the eight, but it's going to be hard for them, I think, to compete with the top sides. I, I don't see them beating. They might win a final, maybe two, but I, I, I don't know. I just don't see them going deep this year. What do you think? Do you think they could... But, uh, do you see them being able to compete with because all, all the games are going to be in Queensland? So do you see them able to compete against Richmond, West Coast, Brisbane? These teams like Port. Um, they get to Goey Howe and Sidebottom back in that side. How is how is a best chance he would play? So I pretty much you can forget how like that would be. So the chance of how coming back was if the season was like suspended again, and then they were playing in like mid to late November. Um, Dugowie's a possibility. Who was the other one? Sorry, and Sidebottom. Sidebottom's an interesting one because obviously it's all dependent on the on his child and how quickly he can come back yeah. into it all. But and so let, let's say, but how? how forget it. Yeah, how probably at best case scenario comes back first round of finals. Best case scenario. They that, that's what they're saying. That's really? just coming out. Of, yeah, that's that's coming wow, out. Wow, that's optimistic. Okay, yeah. best case. So. I think they can be some. Uh, this is the thing. Right now, I there's three teams that are clear and away ahead of everyone else. North and Adelaide and Gold Coast. Oh, I don't know them. <laughs> um, uh, Geelong, Geelong, Richmond, and West Coast for me are the three teams that are at level A, closely followed by. Port Adelaide and Brisbane, and then as yeah, and then followed by level N for Nahas. And I think if they get two of those three right, 
and playing. Yeah. I think I will could beat either Brisbane or Port Adelaide if they're not fully switched on and for, in Brisbane's sake, Kings accurately. I think they struggle against those top three sides. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I reckon that's that's enough for that game. What do you reckon? Yeah. Let's let, let yeah. the dogs yeah. Colin, Colin would have probably done enough now to play finals and Carlton that way. Which we'll, we'll get into that in the off season. I think they had a good season. They were better, but, but they had a better, better season yeah, or better. Season. Yeah, I, I can't the playing finals. Oh no, forget that. Um, and then last game, we talk about busted ass games. Oh, wow. Talk about um, the Suns versus the North Melbourne Witches Hats. Uh, oh, points. This should have been a thousand points. That was the only thing that was disappointing about, well, more disappointing than how bad North were was that. Um, the Gold Coast couldn't get it together to win by a million points. So final score, uh, if you didn't see this game, 12-19. You know, everyone was guilty. King, you know, Sexton, everyone, all of their forward line was guilty of, like, directly in front, out in the fall. Directly in front, out in the fall on the roof. Directly in front, over the head. Like, it was, the, the accuracy was embarrassing. It was so bad. I don't, the, fact they kicked, the fact that they only kicked 19 points... On top of all the... There was a heap on the fall. A heap. This should have been... So to put it into perspective, I honestly think this should have been 19, 20 goals and then... I reckon 22, 23 goals they should have kicked. Yeah, yeah. You can can see it in this game. Yeah, you can see them do 20 20 goals. It should have been 100 100 plus points. It ended up being 10 goals, 60-odd in the end. Um, Yeah, look, I mean, we'll get into North at the very end of the year, but, I mean, this this was... Almost the worst performance I've seen a team play all year. Probably the worst, I reckon. I don't know. But they, were, they, were, they were horrific. Um, and the Suns did what they had to do against the Witches Hats. They, they were, you, there's nothing to tell out of this game. Um, no. Bit of pride. That's it. It, it. It's easily the worst game I've seen from any team. I, I think know so. Adelaide haven't won a game, but this was the worst game because the only reason the margin wasn't three figures is Gold Coast. They, 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 they've never been in this position before. Yeah. To, to dominate and then just drill down in against another side. So it was foreign, foreign territory. That was the only thing that was fun to watch was that it was the Suns' first chance to have a crack at, a, at like, eating a team. Like, aside mm-hmm. from that, it was it was unwatchable, garbage. Um, I had it on in the background for a lot of it. It was nothing to uh, see. Yeah, bad, bad. You know, that, and that's why it was hard. Like, if it was... Goal after goal after goal. It's easy to watch. You just watch this team just beat up on another team. You go. That, oh, that, that can be good to watch. Yeah, but this was yeah, this was but um, when it's beating up on a team, but missing goals and kicking out of the bounds on the floor. You go. Oh. They didn't and score. You, so the the North didn't score at all in the third quarter. Nothing. Um, nothing. Uh, very bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Suns one goal six in the third quarter and, and like two or three out in the full. So that, that should have been another six, seven goals right there, easy. So anyway, it is what it is. The Suns, oh, they'll be much better next year. I think they're going to be one. They'll be pushing for the eight next year. That's going to make the eight even tighter next year with the Saints now coming good as well. So, yeah, it's um, it's yeah, going to be exciting. This on before because that was a pretty woeful way to finish a, a segment um, yeah. in the episode. Uh, it looks like the Gold Coast Suns at least are going to have their most successful season ever in the competition. So a really healthy percentage. They're going to finish higher on the ladder than they've had before and right. probably going to get the most winning. Well, right. as, as far as percentage of wins in a season go, they're going to get right. there. Right. Okay. Because I think the 
the previous season before that they had nine wins, but it, that was a full season of football. Yeah. That's that's promising for them. Yeah, over one hundred percent. The percentage is over one hundred. So there's some positives to take out of it for sure. It's a shame Rao went down. I would have liked to have seen what they could have, how many more wins they could have gotten with almost their best player being in for the whole year. But we'll see it next year. It's not that far away. Like it's it might be an earliest. Well, who knows next year? Who knows what the hell's going with that season? It might be late or early, depending on how a vaccine's going. But anyway, um, strange, strange old round. Um, I'm not going to remember that one that fondly, to be honest. There were some pretty terrible moments. But, look, I, I the Richmond Eagles game is fantastic. It was worth watching um, for sure. If you haven't seen that game, that was great. And there were some really interesting moments as well. But um, just the set of matchups, I think, probably didn't work in favour for, for the league. But next round looks better, I reckon. Yeah. Um, so all the best. Take care. Hopstone.com.au. Um, if you're watching the review, you won't hear any of this because you're going to go straight into the preview. Um, but all the best. Take care. Uh, check out Beyond the Game TV. Yeah. On my dad, banging his de- head on the desk all the time. You know, he's just just a, just a bit of a klutz, you know. But uh, all the best to old my dad. Hopstone, use AFL Deep Dive as your promo code. We will be back next week. Only a few more weeks to go, and then we head to finals. At Bring it the, on. Yeah, and it sounds like almost certainly. So we're recording this Monday night, so you guys might already know this by the time. Uh, it's released, but it sounds like the grand final is going to be in Brisbane, as everyone's suspected for a long, long time. The uh, Brownlow will be in the Gold Coast, which suits the Brownlow. Um, you know, Rack and Gold Coast, it makes sense. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but it's going to be in Queensland, you'd think almost certainly. So uh, that's why we didn't discuss it if you listen to this on Tuesday, because uh, we don't know yet. We're in the past. We are stuck in the past. <laughs> Goodbye. See you later. Goodbye. Bye.